Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. This morning, how many love Jesus this morning? Come on, this is for Jesus, amen? The one who died for me, amen? Anybody thankful he died for you this morning? Came out of that grave and defeated death? Hell and the grave. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's here. And he loves you. Tell the person next to you, Jesus loves you. Tell them again. Some of y'all didn't believe it. Jesus loves you. Amen. More than we can even comprehend. Do you know that this morning? I want to preach about that in just a a moment, but I want to ask a question. I want to put the background up. Here's my message today. The love of our Savior. I want us to really understand. God spoke something to me over this weekend, and it really helped me. I love to get you to understand that when I come preach a message to you, he's already preached it to me. Amen? We are just messengers, but God ministered to me personally through this, and I believe there's people in here this morning that are going to get something very significant out of this message. I believe it's going to bless you specifically. I believe there's some people in here that this is for you. How many in this place have ever failed at something? Let me see your hand. You failed. How many have ever made some mistakes? Fallen short? Or here's one. How many have ever not felt worthy? Just not felt... The, the more I, it's, it's a good thing at the same time, but the more I serve God, the closer I get to Him, the more unworthy I feel. Because when you really, really realize who God is and how, how powerful Jesus is, and you get close to Him, you start to realize, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. He's such a big God. Amen? I think that that's sometimes what happens in our walks with God, is if we don't stay close, we lose that awe. I preached about that a few months ago at conference, but this is just us realizing how big this God is that we serve. Amen? But at the same time, how He's so intimate with us. So as I ask you if you've ever failed or made mistakes or fallen short or not been worthy enough, how, many, how about this? How many wish you would have, before today, done more for the Lord? You wish you'd have done more than you've done. I can tell you that that's another thing that's happening to me. I, I, it could be part the devil or it just could be part just encouragement from the Lord. I feel like sometimes I haven't done anything for God. I look at other people and what they've accomplished and what they've done. And this happened to me over the weekend. We, we lost a, a great man of God in the Metroplex. I know Santos uh, and Naomi know him. Paul and Brenda know him. But it was a man named uh, Pastor Ricky Tejada that I want to just give honor to for a moment that I was so blessed to become friends with many years ago before I ever came into the fellowship of Victory World Outreach. And I was just a missionary, and my dad was actually on staff at this church over in Carrollton. Um, and I got to meet this man. He was an assistant pastor there. And, and uh, we would go play basketball when I'd come back and visit from Costa Rica, and we'd go get breakfast together. And, and he just was a, just a great blessing to me and I feel very honored to have known him and so he got COVID uh, last week or actually last month and uh, ended up passing away from it at 57 years old. Lost, left two teenage boys and a, and a wonderful wife and a church and so I was watching the funeral yesterday and I just got 
a very, felt very small when I watched how many great things this man had done for God. And I, and I thank God for what he did. And I, and I was also encouraged to say, I want to do more for God. I want to do more. I want to make sure that, that when I breathe my last breath, I've impacted people's lives. How many want to do something for God before we go to be to heaven or before Jesus comes back? How many want to really make an impact on this world? Come on. God's given us an opportunity. But one of the biggest things that happens is, is we let our failures or our mistakes or our, or our sometimes not worthiness cause us to not do what God wants us to do. And this is going to be a total encouragement. This is not going to take away from what I've been preaching about. This is actually going to make it even better because we've been preaching for the last few weeks specifically on how close we are to the return of Christ. And that he can come at any moment for his church. How many still believe that this morning? Amen? But as we think about that, this will help us realize how real it is. Because when we feel like failures, or when we feel like we've made mistakes, I want to tell you something. There's always somebody who's failed more. Don't look at the person next to you now. (laughs) Amen. There's always someone who's made bigger mistakes. And I want to talk about a man this morning that you could relate to, that I think might have made the biggest mistake of anybody in the history of the world, and his name was Peter. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about Peter. Now, the blessing that we have as believers today in 2021 is that the Bible's written. And the last words were, Amen. And so it's so be it. And so it's all done. So we can look back at this history book of God's word, amen, of everything documented that God did and wanted us to do in the future. And we can focus on that and we can say, okay, that finished. So we know, as I mentioned, Peter, although he made a lot of mistakes, we know how Peter ended up. But I, I don't want to focus at this moment on how he ended up. I want to focus on the mistake that he made so you can relate and realize how much the love of our Savior is for you and I. So we know that down the road, when Peter got his life back together after making some grave mistakes, he was so amazingly in love with God that he actually was crucified like Jesus for his faith. History tells us that. Not even the Bible. History tells us that. That this man, Peter, was killed, crucified, and when they went to crucify him, this is love, He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me upside down. And history tells us this man was crucified upside down and died that way. But before he got to that, how many want your end result to be good for the Lord? Before he got to that, he made some big mistakes. And I want to look at John chapter 13, if you've got your Bibles, verse 31. I'm going to read a few verses here to 38. And I want us to see this story about Jesus says it said when he had gone out Jesus said now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him if God is glorified in him God will also glorify in himself and glorify him immediately little children I shall be with you a little longer he says you will seek me And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. How many know we know where he went this morning, though? So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another as I have loved you, that you would also love one another. 
And he, he goes on to say that by this love, you people will know that you are my disciples. I will know that you are my disciples if you love one for another. So Simon says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, Peter, sorry, where am I going? You cannot follow me now, but watch this, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I, and watch this, I will lay down, I want you to leave that up for a second, I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for you, for your sake. And Peter says these words, and Jesus answers and says, Will you? Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, Peter, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. I, I feel like as I listen to this story and I think about Peter, it makes my mistakes seem very small. Because I don't know if there's a greater mistake that's ever been made than, than Peter denying Jesus three times. You say, well, what about Judas? Well, Judas never really knew him. We, that was proved by how he finished up. Peter knew him. And Peter was a man that loved God and loved Jesus and walked with him. And we know that Peter was the one that always stuck his neck out, always put his foot in his mouth, always made mistakes. And he did it again right here. But I want you to see something in this, in this message this morning about the love of the Savior. That as Peter messes up and makes a big mistake and says, I'll put my life out for you. He gets tested. How many know when we're going to do something for God, we're going to have some tests? Now let's look at Matthew chapter 26 to see a little bit more of the story of what happens. That obviously God's word is fulfilled. Matthew chapter 26, verse 69. So they come and get Jesus. And actually right before we read this, they come and get Jesus at the garden. They've been praying. The disciples have been sleeping. And they come to arrest Jesus, and Peter is still in that mode, Jesus, I'll die for you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stick my neck out for you. And they go to grab Jesus and arrest him, and the Bible tells us in another story that he grabs a sword and swings it at the soldier, probably trying to take his neck out, his head off, and cuts the soldier's ear off in haste, in anger, in protection of Jesus. So he's trying to fulfill what his plan, what, what his purpose was. And I'm going to die for you, Jesus. I'm going to lay my life down. And so we get to this place where they come and they get him. And it says they take him away. And now Peter sits outside the courtyard. This is not but a few moments later after he grabs the sword that he is in the courtyard. And a servant girl comes to him, verse 69, and says, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. And I want to say this that I didn't say in the first service before I keep reading. This, this is a picture to me of how many people fall away when the going gets rough. Those soldiers came and, and, and tried to arrest Jesus and he, he protected them physically, but he was in a group. But once you get off on your own with, by yourself, you're not so strong anymore. And now he's not in this group anymore, and now he's off on his own. And now, not only that, and this can be related to the days that we're living in right now, as things are getting crazier and crazier, and people's faith seems to be falling away. Church, this is not the moment to fall away. 
This is the moment to fall more in love with Jesus than you've ever been in love with Jesus. But Peter, in that time between the garden and now to this courtyard, he has something has hit him. He's off on his own. He's isolated. And all of a sudden, watch what he does. This girl says, you know Jesus. And it says, verse 70, but he denied it before them all. So this goes back to church. When we're in church, how many know it's easy to clap and praise and worship and say you love Jesus? But do we do that when we're by ourselves? Do we do that when we're at the store? Do we do that when we're with, with the neighbor? Do we do that when, when we're around our family? Because Peter got away from his, his disciple friends, and now he's ashamed of Jesus. And he denies them and says, I don't know what you're saying. Verse 71, and when he had gone out the gateway, another girl. Now notice this isn't grown men. It's not even grown women. It's girls. Little girls. That putting an emphasis on how much... A ch he went from pulling a knife out to a soldier to being ashamed of Jesus before a little girl. And she saw him and says, you were there. This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied on an oath. I don't know the man. You see why I'm saying this is such a horrible sin? And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. A lot of emphasis there. You know, this, this is another side note. This, how, I don't know about you, but I would love people to walk up to me and say, you're a believer of Jesus. Amen. Don't we work hard to get people to see that in us? And Peter had it. And he takes it for granted. I'm going to say, yes, I am. How many are going to say, yes, I am guilty as accused? Your Facebook, your Instagram, your life, your words, your actions should show that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And there should be no denying it and no doubt. And it says he denied, I don't know the man. And it says immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who said to him, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And watch this. He went out and wept bitterly. Lord, I ask you for just a few moments to give us a revelation this morning, God, that you gave to Peter. Lord, to give a revelation to these people that you gave to me yesterday, Father, how powerful your love is for us. Lord, break every chain, open up eyes, and allow us this morning to see how much you love us and do something with it this morning. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we get to the darkest moment of Peter's life. He has walked literally, physically with Jesus Christ for three years. How many are jealous? I don't know about you, but I've said it a lot of times in my life, I would have loved to have been right there with Jesus. Watching him heal the blind, watching him raise up the paralytics, watching him do the drop the mic when he read Isaiah 61 in, in the presence of the synagogue, watching him do all these amazing things. But the more I got to know the Lord and the more I read the scriptures, I'm thankful I'm alive now. 
Because I could have missed him like so many people did. We have the book already written now. It's been there for 2,000. Oh, it's been a long time. Exactly. And it hasn't changed. Jesus is the same yesterday as he was, as he is today, and as he'll be tomorrow. How many are thankful for that? His word has not changed. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. But I want you to think with me. As I've got your attention, I want you to imagine the defeat of Peter. I want you to put yourself in his position. If you feel like a failure this morning, if you feel like you've made mistakes, if you feel like you've sinned, if you feel like you've fallen short or you're not worthy, you're in good company because Peter has just denied Jesus Christ three times. And if we didn't know the ending of the book, we'd have thought his life is over and he is destroyed and he is utterly broken. And what does he do? He says, I have now, now I can't even go talk to Jesus and tell him I'm sorry. See, today when we make mistakes, the Bible says we can go to the throne of grace. And we can say, Lord, I'm sorry for, for, that, for that sin. Forgive me for that. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. How many are thankful for that this morning? But I want you to think about a dark 72 hours when Peter knew Jesus is going to be crucified now and I can't fix what I just did. I can't fix it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm lost. I, I, I just denied my Savior and, and now he's going to go be crucified. And listen, I want you to understand something. His mind wasn't on his resurrection. The disciples' minds weren't on the resurrection. We know that from Scripture. And this is kind of where I bring it back to today. The days that we're living as in the days of Noah, are our minds on his return? Or are we caught up too much in our mistakes and our failures and the things we haven't done for God and other things? Or are our minds on his return? Are our minds on the kingdom of God? Are our minds on what we can do for Jesus? How we can let other people know what Jesus has done for us? This is where Peter was that we're not. Are you, all, are you all getting me here? Jesus is gone. He can't go talk to Jesus. He can't go get access to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm sorry. He wept bitterly, which means he's sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I made a mistake. Now he doesn't know what to do. Think about all the people who are going to be left behind in the, in the tribulation. What do I do now, Lord? What do I do now? It's a real, real thought and a real statement. In that 72 hours, church, from Jesus' death to what we know, thank God, today as his resurrection, that 72 hours might have been the darkest 72 hours in the history of man. Because they did not know if Jesus was going to come back to life. And again, most people did not even believe that he was. Are you all reading the Bible with me? The disciples disperse, and they go back to their work. They go back to fishing. I was telling someone between services just now, when Jesus comes back, I want to be watching and looking for him. I don't want to be back at work not thinking he's coming. Nobody was at the grave except those women. Somebody say, thank God for women. Hello, that was a, oh, women, that was a great time. You had a real good chance to say amen right there. Thank God for the women. The women were the last ones at the, at the cross and the first ones at the grave. 
But God also knows that women are good at spreading good at spreading the news, so he had to send them there first. I actually didn't have that planned. That just came to me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on. But dark 72 hours. And I want you to see something so awesome. He goes back to fishing. Can you imagine him going back and asking, I need to get my boat back. Well, I thought you sold it. I did, but I've messed up. I, I need to get my boat back. I need to get my net back. I need to go back to work. And he's doing that, and so are all the other disciples. But I want you to say this with me. Oh, but the love of our Savior. Oh, but the love of our Savior. Can I say that one more time? Oh, but the love of our Savior. That story didn't end there. Watch this. Mark 16. Jesus came out of the grave. Hello. Jesus came out of the grave. After three days, he came out of the grave. Okay, that was a golf clap over here. Jesus came out of the grave. The son of the living God defeated death, hell, and the grave and resurrected and beat death. And he's the only one in the history of the world that ever could say he went over and came back. He came back. And we're in 2021. He changed the world. History will tell you that. But when he comes back, I want you to get this, that 72 hours of darkness, he resurrects from the dead. And in all the Gospels, this account is there where the women run to the tomb and they find that he's not there. And there's different, you know, the angels talk and, and, and then Jesus is there in another Gospel and he looks like a gardener. But this one says, he said to them, verse 6, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Hello. Not he is crucified. He's not on there, that cross anymore, by the way. I know some people don't know any better, but they wear the crucifixion. They wear Jesus on the cross. He's not there no more. Hello. I'm preaching better than you're responding, but that's okay. He's, he's not in the tomb either. He is, the Bible says right here, he is. Somebody shout out. I know it's not Easter, but he's risen every day. He's risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid past tense him. Where they laid past tense him. And another, here, I just want to throw this in. I didn't say this in the first service, I don't think. But another awesome part of this story in another one of the Gospels is they run in and they see the grave clothes. But they see the handkerchief of his head folded up. Off on its own. Which means I'm not done. I'm coming back to the dinner table. Which means Jesus is coming back for us. He left it folded up in the grave. Jewish custom. That was better than a golf clap over here. Amen. Hallelujah. But here's the key. Here's the best part of the message. He says, he's not here. See where they, they laid him. Now watch this next verse. But go tell his disciples and Peter. And Peter. I just want to make sure that you make sure Peter's there. Oh, my hairs are standing up. Woo! I just want you to go make sure that Blake knows 
that no matter how many mistakes he's made, how many times he's failed, how many times he's fallen, I'm going to make sure that he's there because i got a plan and a purpose for him still, and I'm not done with him yet, even though he's thinking it's over, even though he's thinking it's too late. I want you to make sure you, I want you to put your name there, and Peter, and Peter, that he's going before you into Galilee, and you will see him as he said to you, and they run off. Church, I want you to realize in this message that in all the mistakes that Peter made, as I said, probably the worst mistakes by denying Jesus He's such a big God. Watch this. He's such a big God that he said, let there be light. Boom. There was light. By the way, people say, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? I believe in the Big Bang Theory. Jesus said, let there, God said, let there be light. And bang, there was light. Amen. Amen. That's what the Big Bang was. But it was creation, Genesis says in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And I preached a message on that in discipleship. It was about 7,000 years. God's plan. But what I want you to understand here is that as big as that God is that created this world and spoke light and matter and earth and the heavens and the planets and the stars into existence with his words remembered Peter. Hello. He came out as a busy Savior in all his glory, and he said, make sure you tell Peter. I need him to be there. That should make somebody in this place happy. Because I believe there's some people in here, and maybe all of us, we feel like we've made too many mistakes, we've messed up too many times, we haven't done what we're supposed to do, we're not worthy, and all those different feelings. But God wants you to know that he loves you. The Savior loves you. Amen. And when he comes back, he's not just coming back for a mass of people, he's coming back for you. He would come back just for you. He doesn't need to because it's done and it's finished, he said, but he would come back and die again just for you. Tell the person next to you, just for you. Now turn back to him and say, do you believe that? Because I do. I believe if it was necessary, Jesus would come and die on the cross again just for me. But thank God he doesn't have to because he said it is finished and God is a God of restoration I want you to forget yesterday I want you to forget last week I want you to forget this morning and I want you to start focusing on today and tomorrow and next week and then whatever you've got in front of you that God wants to do in your life. Because yesterday's over, and you can't unscramble scrambled eggs, and you can't go back and fix what you messed up. But you can say, today, Lord, I'm going to let you restore me and give me a new chance. And I'm going to go do great things for God. And, and, and when I have my funeral, they're going to talk how good of a man or woman of God I was and how many people I led to the Lord. And I'm going to do something for Jesus from today going forward. John 21, we'll close with this. Jesus restores Peter. 
I want you to understand that not one word in this Bible is an accident. Not one word. When they had eaten breakfast, so this, this is the end of the story here, but whoever's whistling, stop whistling. This is the end of the story, and at the end of the story, Peter is fishing. He's fishing. Not whistling. He's fishing. Amen? He has gone back, and Jesus says, not only am I going to tell him and Peter, but I'm going to go directly to him. I'm really thankful that God doesn't expect us to go to him. He comes to us. He said, I came to seek and save that which is what? I came to seek and save that which is lost. Who's lost? Us. So he finds Peter, and they, he goes up to the boat, and, and he, this is, this is uh, take that off for just a second. They, they get to him in the, in the water. He goes to them where they're fishing, where they've gone back to their old ways. And before that happened, he ran, Peter heard that Jesus had, had resurrected, and he ran to the tomb, but he wasn't there anymore. And actually, he raced John. You can see that in another uh, in, in gospel. And John said that he beat Peter. So competition's okay. He said he was faster. Amen. Good, healthy competition. And he gets there, and he doesn't see the, Jesus there, but he still, still goes back to work and goes back to fishing. He's doubting still. And they're fishing, and they're all out there together, and Jesus shows up, and they think they've seen a ghost. And he says, have you caught anything? He says, they said, no, we haven't been able to catch anything all night. Church, when you're not connected to God, and you're not connected to the Savior, and you don't understand his will and his plan, you're not going to have fruit in your life. But he says, have you caught anything? They said, no. He said, put it on the other side. Let me just show you that I'm the resurrected king. And I still do miracles. And he put it on the other side, and they caught a whole bunch of fish. And then now, now John chapter 21, verse 15, he says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, not only did he tell him, go tell Peter too. He goes to him and says, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Now, how many know this morning that you can say you love the Lord, but God knows if you really love him? Just in case you don't know, you, your love for the Lord needs to be real. Not here. Here. There are some people who know all the doctrines of the Bible and know all the verses in the Bible and can quote verses, but they've never led one person to Jesus. Never done anything for the kingdom of God. It's not here. It's here. And it burns inside of you. And so even the Bible says, many will come in my name and they'll say they prayed for the sick and they cast out demons, but God will say, I never knew you. So understand, church, just to throw in a little bit of fear there, not a bad fear, a good fear, you need to make sure you really love the Lord and He's number one in your life, and it's not a head knowledge, but it's heart knowledge. Amen. And one of the best ways you get that, that, that heart knowledge is called neology. Amen. Not theology, neology. That's where you get down on your knees and you pray. Amen. How many want some neology? You don't have an answer for your problem? Get on your knees. Stop thinking about it and get on your knees. So he says, of course, Lord, 
You know I love you. He says, then do, she says, feed my lambs. Basically, then do what you're supposed to do. Do what I told you to do. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now he goes, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, tend my sheep. In other words, do what I told you to do. And he says the third time, put your three fingers up like this, third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? The third time, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He says, Lord, now he gets it, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Three times he denied Jesus. And three times he asked him, Peter, do you love me? To reverse what he had put on his life through by, by denying him, he had him confess him three times. He restored him by having comp- confessed three times. And here we go. He says, you know all things, you love me. He says, feed my sheep. And most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, watch this, he prophesies how he's going to die. You will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said, follow me. As the musicians begin to come, don't turn me off when I say that. Watch this. And Peter, the love of our Savior, not only does he make sure that he mentions Peter by name, and I want you to understand that what I'm trying to tell you this morning, if you haven't got it yet, is you're Peter. I'm Peter. And God is thinking about you right now. And he's telling you, I'm not done with you. And he's telling you, no matter how worthless you feel, or how much you've, mistakes you've made, he says, I still love you. And I have a plan for you. And not only does he call him out and say, don't forget to tell Peter. Then he goes and restores him by making him tell him three times he loves him. But not only that, then he goes, I'm going to go up into heaven now. I'm going to go where you can't go. It goes back to the very first part of the story. I'm going to go where you can't follow me, but I will come again. Just as you've seen me go, I'll come again. And that's where we're at today. At any moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be caught up to be with the Lord. And so we're watching for that. But not only did he call him out and restore him, he said, I want you to go wait for the promise because i got something for you to do you cannot do in your own power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, go wait in the upper room for ten days, and they waited. How many know we're waiting right now? Watch and wait. We're watching and we're waiting. We're watching and we're waiting. And so that power came down on those disciples. The Bible says after 10 days and the Holy Spirit fell like fire and they began to speak in other tongues. Watch this. And as they went out of that place, that same Peter who had denied Jesus three times but was restored by the Lord three times goes out and preaches. He has, some of y'all ain't getting this. He gets, the, the person who messed up the most Don't raise your hand right here, but which one of you is the one that's messed up the most? Don't raise your hand, but you know who you are. If you're the person in this room that thinks or watching online that you've messed up the most, I got good news for you. God has plans for people who've messed up the most. 
Are y'all reading the Bible with me? Peter, the denier, the one who wasn't even looking for his resurrection, the one who went fishing when Jesus got out of the grave, is the one who walks out of the upper room and preaches the first message. And 3,000 people get saved because of his message. So I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to say something. I don't even care if this spoke to you. It spoke to me. God's not done with me yet. I'm going to do something for God before he comes back. And not only am I going to do something for him, not only am I going to reach every person I can reach, touch every person I can touch, I'm going to be waiting at the edge of his grave with the return. I'm relating those two, waiting for him to come out. Wouldn't you have wanted to be the person that was there on the third day looking at your clock going, he's coming any minute. He's coming, hello, he's coming any minute. And be there to have that power come out of that grave that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, that defeated all hell and all graves and all sickness and all sin. Wouldn't you have wanted to be right there at the grave when the door opened up? Guess what? We can't be at the grave because it already happened. But we can be watching for the moment he comes back for his church. And I don't know about you, but that's going to be me. I'm going to be a watcher. And I'm going to get a crown because I'm not going to be busy about this life and worried about things I can't control and doing things I don't need to do. I'm going to be about the Father's business so that when the trumpet sounds, I'm watching. And I'll go, there it is. And I'm going to be going home with Jesus. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you loved Peter even when he denied you. And not only did you love him, you still had a plan for him. And not only did you have a plan for him, you made time to restore him. Lord, we, we need your restoration. We need your forgiveness. We need your love. We need your power, Father. That same spirit with which you gave to Peter, Lord, on that day of Pentecost is the same spirit that's in this place today. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead out of that grave is in this place this morning. And it says it'll quicken our mortal bodies. Church all across this place, maybe you're not church, maybe you're just here. Somebody invited you or maybe you're just here visiting or maybe you're watching online and you, you found this on accident. You think the Holy Spirit of God is talking to you right now. And the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus Christ, the King, the Master, the Lord is knocking right now on the door of your heart. And he's saying, I want to come in. Do you know him? Do you know him? He knows you. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. Don't let the lie, I've made too many mistakes, I've messed up too much, I've failed too many times, get you because Peter failed greater than anybody else. Walking with Jesus for three years, he denied him three times to two girls. But God is a God of restoration. Today, if you're here in this place or you're watching online and you're not saved, you don't have your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't know what will happen to you if you breathe your last breath like that pastor did this last week or many hundreds of people have gone into eternity even during this message. Thousands of people have gone into eternity. Where will you spend eternity? 
I know where I'm going to spend eternity. It's going to be with God in heaven because Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I believe that. And I believe He rose from the dead. He's the only God who's ever been able to say, I came back from the dead. No other deity in this world can say that. Every other religion is dead. But Jesus is alive. How many this morning could say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. By just lifting up your hand and putting it back down and say, pray for me this morning. I want to make sure when I walk out of these doors to go home, I am saved. How many all across this place just put it up and put it right back down? How many more? How many more? That's me. Come on, I, I, tomorrow's not promised. We may never see each other again. Tomorrow's not promised. I've given you what's called a gospel message. If you don't accept him, that's your, that's, your, that's your prerogative. God gives us free will. You have a choice to accept or deny. But I can't imagine this morning if you were going to court tomorrow here in Denton, Texas, and you were looking at a life sentence in prison because of some things you've done. I can't imagine if some judge, sorry, lawyer came in and said, I'll take your place or I'll pay your bond or I'll, I'll get you off. I can't imagine you're not accepting that. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came in and took our place. We have a death sentence when we're born because of sin, because of the sin nature. And Jesus came in and said, I'll die for them. And all we have to do is accept it. All we have to do is believe it. Jesus said, though he were dead, you shall live. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. But he says, nobody goes under the Father except through me. He's the only mediator. Why? Because he's the only one who died. He's the only one in history. He's not the only one that's resurrected. People resurrected when Jesus came out of the grave because of his power. People have been resurrected since then. Smith Wigglesworth raised seven people to the dead in his ministry under the power of the name of Jesus Christ. But no one's ever come back from the dead without the power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he went there already. And the Bible says he defeated death, hell, and the grave. So when you die, we're going to stand before a living God. And when you stand before the living God, my question for you is, what are you going to say to a holy, righteous, living God? I know what I'm going to say. Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. I believe Jesus took my place. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Today is the day of your salvation. Today, you're Peter today, and Jesus is saying, I'm talking to you. Stop running. Stop questioning. Stop waiting. Stop putting it off. But if you don't today, if you choose not to accept it, you'll answer to God for that. I'm doing my job. I'm the messenger. I'm the UPS delivery person. I'm just dropping it at your door. You can accept it or reject it. public confession of your faith I believe Jesus died for me if I confess Jesus before man he'll confess me before my father if I deny him before man he'll deny me before my father that's why the sin that Peter did church was so serious 
He denied him three times before men. And so if he wouldn't have got restored, he would be in hell today. Because Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. And that's why Jesus had to make Peter confess him again. So today's your chance. Those that are watching online, we're going to go off in a minute, but we're going to give you a chance first to pray. How many more? If you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand and you know you need to get saved today, you know you're not right with God or you're not even sure, why don't you, why don't you say a prayer this morning? Why don't you say, God, I need to change my life. I'm going to put my faith in you. If, you. if that's you, as we stand this morning all over this place, as we stand, if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but you know you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. He's, it's not me that's talking to you right now. What you feel on your heart right now is God. God's speaking to you. If you need to be saved, why don't you step out of your seat and come down here? Why don't you say, you know what, today's the day I'm changing my life. Today's the day I'm going to get things in order with God, and I'm going to make sure that the creator of the world knows my name. As I said last week or the week before, I can't remember which one it was, are you a name or are you a number? You're either a name or you're a number. Everybody's saved then. You see it, Lord. Everybody saved. You see it, Lord. He just took a screenshot. You're saved, you're back there. If you're not saved and you didn't come forward, screenshot just happened. God saw it. I did my part. We're going to move on in the rest of this, but we're going to pray with those online because there may be somebody watching right now that's not saved. I want everybody in this place to pray this with me, Lord Jesus. In humility, I come before you, and I know I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Your word shows me that the wages of my sin is death. And today I want to come to you, and I want to admit that I'm a sinner, and I need help. Jesus, I believe in my heart, and I'm confessing with my mouth. You are Lord. You came down from heaven and lived a perfect life. Then you went to the cross and died a horrible death and took my sins on you to take my place so I don't have to go to hell. So I can live forever with you. And you said it's finished. And then you went into that grave for three days but on the third day I believe you came out of that grave and you defeated death hell and the grave because of that I'm saved I believe that and I believe you're coming again and I want to be ready please forgive me for all my sins please wash me clean from all my sins and please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we're going offline this morning, I want to open up the altar. We're going to sing a song. Do you have loved ones that don't know the Lord? Are you? Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, 
Go to our website at vwotexas.com.